North architect. Peter is a registered architect in both Queensland and Victoria. He is very passionate about design and an advocate of incorporating vegetation into urban buildings. Um, hi Peter, how are you? Great Jess, good to talk to you again. Okay, so let's get straight into it. How did you actually get started in architecture? Well, I was lucky enough in high school, uh, graphics was one of my favourite classes and at the um, high school that I went to, we had a really uh, forward-thinking graphics teacher which uh, who got us using Archicad, which is a, a three-dimensional uh, CAD program we use in architecture. And it really started getting me thinking that I wanted to get into designing houses and that led to applying to architecture and getting into it. Okay, so that's how the technology and the school got you into it. But I do know that you're really into high-end housing. Yes. So how did that come about? So that came about that I was lucky enough um, through uh, my architectural course, towards the end of it, a very good friend of mine and her mother um, was my boss at a high-end homeware store and they needed to do a renovation. And I think it was in West End, so there was character area. It was a... Um, you know, expensive house that needed a very contemporary addition to it. And she wanted to go with someone young and forward thinking. And I was uh, fortunate enough to get the job and it was almost like a $1 million renovation on a $800,000 house. So I think my first job I got off the mark, I got a lot of trust in, you know, doing quite an expensive renovation. And it got me into, you know, love of materials and working with really specific clients with, you know, amazing taste and great outcome in the end. Okay, so you're working on a million dollar plus budget. How old were you at that point? That stage, 25. So That's pretty, pretty yeah, so young. I, yeah, and as my first job, it was great to start out in the high end. And I think then what led me to my first job is I worked for a design and construct firm that uh, specifically worked in high end residential, sort of one to five million dollar homes. So once I got a taste for it, I thought I need to know more about the construction side because a lot of architecture in university, they teach you about design and it's good to understand the construction side. So I went from that job and then I think from there, I after I have about six years at a construction company, then thought I need to understand the world of architectural firms. So that's when I first met you. Okay, so can we go back to the start of how your career actually progressed? Because I feel like we're jumping around a little bit. Okay. So... You've graduated from university? Yes. And then I went and worked for a design and construct firm. So okay. That, so and so that's where you got your first project? Uh, no, I got my first project while I was still at university. Okay. Yes. So, sorry to be confusing there. So, <laughs> that was one of those things that, that got me into thinking, what do I want for my first job? So, and that's when I got into the okay. design and construct no, firm. all makes sense now. Makes sense. Yep, got to make sense of these creative minds. Yeah, and then after that, then went to an architectural firm, which ha um, had town planning in-house, mm -hmm. which is where I met you. And yes. that's, I got very interested in town planners and architects working together and really solving everything in the own, you know, in one firm and saw the great, advantages of that and was have always been surprised since the amount of architectural firms that don't do that that could benefit from the integration of the two totally agree yes but then where did you go after so that after that so I, this has all been in queensland yeah, this i know is, that this has all been in queensland brisbane and then after that i thought i want to um go to the capital of architecture of australia which is melbourne a really uh, a place where creative thinking and design is really pushed to its highest level so 
I was able to get a job there with one of the largest CAD firms in um, Australia. They're an international firm and worked on some very big projects there. So not just high-end houses, did some, uh, we talked about this the other day, some different typologies like four-storey townhouses mm -hmm. that are only 4.5 metres wide. And use doing things that in urban landscape that we don't do so much in um, Queensland is really getting people to adjust to walking up and down different levels and condensing the size of a footprint and very popular typology. I worked on a very expensive um, $11 million renovation and extension to a church and a lot of multi-res, but no real houses. Okay. So then after that, then I uh, wanted to get some more experience in prefabricated and modular housing and um, worked for a company that is one of the forefront companies that does that and very into sustainability and integrated vegetation. They do green roofs, but mm -hmm. understanding how you can do off-grid houses and remote location and also did some early learning childcare centres and school projects there as well for the Victorian government. Okay. So it's been pretty varied and you've worked yep. for a range of companies. So you've worked for yourself, you've worked for small firms, you've worked for large firms. Do you have a preference? Well, my preference for the future is to work for myself or in collaboration with other architects. Okay, I so that's your favourite. That, that is my favourite because I think the, in the high end, the relationship with the architect and the builder and the client is this perfect triangle. And once you've got that dynamic going really well, that's what I love and the, getting the construction, the project management side of it. And I think in architectural firms, you can give it pigeonholed and do one of your skill bases and not all of them. And I kind of prefer the smaller scale. Okay, no, excellent. So if you were to give advice to somebody thinking about doing architecture or a junior architect looking to find out where they should be headed in their career, what sort of advice would you give them? Well, some advice that I would give is definitely have a think about uh, what you know about construction and constructability of architecture that you're interested in and not necessarily look at it so much aesthetically or style wise or what you're interested in the way that it looks but gets a really good solid construction background and I've always been surprised the amount of people in senior roles in architectural firms that have never designed a house themselves and delivered it all the way to the end so I think there's something really important about having designed it from the brief taking all the way through to key handover to a client. If you've done that as an architect, even on a small house, that's translatable to any size project. It just gets bigger in increments. So if you've done that, then you've got a good solid base for any type of architecture. Okay, so you're saying get as much experience as possible at the start and then take a niche. Yep, take a niche, work big, work small, but then work down the path that um, suits you the most and the one that you get the most creativity out of and the most excitement. And I think that's what's led me to where I am in my career. No, cool. So there are two particular things I wanted to talk to you specifically about. One was incorporating vegetation into design and why that's important. Uh, and the second is just the difference between designing and architecture in Melbourne versus Brisbane, because I know you have experience in both and we've already touched a bit on that. Yes. So let's go back to vegetation design. Why are you so passionate about that? Uh, I've always been very passionate about integration of vegetation in architecture. I have a great love of horticulture and of native uh, species of plants and trees 
and just very interested in, you know, with urban consolidation, there's a lot of houses or blocks that are completely filled. And the there seems to be a bit of a lack of respect for trees or vegetation or the existing plants on a block. And it's a lot of developers and people see, let's just fill the block with as much as we can, then just put small plants in. Okay. And I think existing trees, I've put a, a number of VPOs on trees that I think are significant. I'm sure that developers don't like that. But if you look at the lifespan of some houses or some buildings, it might be 20 to 30 years. And if you look at a tree like the hoop pine, its lifespan is 450 years. So if you put things in perspective like that, it really changes your idea of the importance of trees and vegetation in our landscape, in our urban landscape. And I think integrating it into, a, um, into our buildings, the ability to have oxygen producing plants inside, outside, surrounding, on top of up green walls is just a beautiful way of bringing landscape back into the concrete jungle that we live in. No, totally. And I think that is such a, a great passion to have. Have you seen any good examples of where this has actually been achieved or have you been able to work on something smaller or larger? I've always tried to do it in all the high-end houses that I've done, um, made sure that they got a really good landscape architect or um, landscaper that was able to design and integrate. But, you know, I have seen, it might be controversial, but there are some uh, projects of um, in South Brisbane at the moment that mm -hmm. have very large green walls. and. Some are successful depending on where they put them and some aren't, but I, seeing a large wall that's a, a, a small ecosystem in itself and maintained really well is a beautiful thing as an addition to the building. Just drove by the cultural centre yesterday and that's since it's been redeveloped, all the hanging gardens off that have all been grown with new species and just seeing it all integrated is how I feel we need to look at buildings is really it's easy enough to draw them on our um, 3D renders of just popping trees on them, but I think you really have to think about how we actually integrate them and existing vegetation, but the two are just as important as each other. No, okay, that's a great thought to leave us with. Uh, and then just moving on to your experience between designing in Brisbane versus Melbourne. Are there things that you think uh, either city do better than the other? Yeah, I oh know we talked about this the other day as well. I think the main difference that people probably need to um, understand if they're working in both states or just in general is that Brisbane City Council is one of the largest city councils for area-wise and amount of suburbs. True fact. Whereas um, Melbourne has 28 city councils in its greater urban area. And that just means that there is different, so many different laws, so many different little local city councils that have different requirements, different height requirements, different setbacks. And you can be in a really close area and be dealing with different city councils uh, and have to keep up with all their legislation, anything that's changed. And I think that one thing that that's done is Brisbane, and we did talk about this, that Brisbane does have a style, especially an urban style at the moment, that uh, it's got a flavour to it that really does spread across the city and lots of different suburbs. Whereas Melbourne really does seem to have different uh, locations, different suburbs that have very different architectural styles and, you know, like the Richmond style or more down St Kilda way. And I think a lot of that actually comes down to the city councils themselves um, being having different laws that people need to abide to has really influenced the way that architects and developers have um, designed to suit those. 
Okay, so do you think that that might be a suggestion or something that should be thought about for Brisbane? Do you like the fact that the same design style or flavor, as you say, is spread throughout the city? Or do you like the fact that in Melbourne, there are little pockets of different types of architecture? I think aesthetically and architecturally, I think it's great that there's little pockets of different types of architecture, but I do think that Brisbane has it better having it as one city council makes it better for town planning, development applications, building approval makes it easier, but I think it has watered it down architecturally. So you have these two different things and I think the Brisbane City Council probably works better as one large council but I can see the benefits of what's happened to Melbourne and the way that it's expanded and grown and has the diversity of architectural styles in a very small area. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, and what about designing in Brisbane though? I do know that, you know, is there something about here that you love? Yes. Other than the council being one big council? No, that <laughs> designing, designing in um, Queensland, I think, or uh, Brisbane specifically is, I think, my big passion for the integrated vegetation and you can do a lot more indoor outdoor and really bring the outside inside you can think about you know natural ventilation a lot more i think in melbourne the weather is so uh temperamental even even in summer it can change from being foggy in the morning to hot to freezing cold at night or rain and they always talk about Melbourne being four seasons in one day. And I think because Brisbane is just a little bit more static in its weather, it allows architecture, you know, rooftop terraces or, you know, a cafe, buildings that have a lot of indoor, outdoor laneways. They seem to work a lot better here with the vegetation and with occupying and being in them because the weather doesn't change too much. So you could be sitting outside and not be terrified it was going to rain yeah. at any second. Whereas Melbourne does, even in summer, you can be up to over 40 degrees or the next day it can go down to 19 and be raining. So people tend to design things to be a little bit more enclosed mm -hmm. rather than here. I love that it's open and you get to be, you know, we spend so much time in offices and inside closed environments. I, I love when you can feel like you're sitting outside but still be in a building. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so what we have going for us is our subtropical climate and our large city council. Yes. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, Peter. Um, My pleasure. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Jess.